welcome everyone to Desert Island Games and I must sound absolutely delightful in your ears this week. Uh, yes, you are hearing this correctly, I am a very poorly boy. Uh, luckily it's not that dreaded, you know, COVID, it's uh, man flu or a cold and it's man down. Send everyone, send the emergency services quickly as I try and recover. <laughs> anyway, in today's show we're going to be discussing what happened in my recent Pokemon Nuzlocke, a little bit of news and what's upcoming this month. Let's do it. As always, you lovely people over at patreon.com slash Games support the show. If it wasn't for you guys and girls, this show wouldn't be possible. Thank you. Do the same if you wish. Support me as for as little as a dollar over at Desert Island Games on patreon.com. So enough about me feeling sorry for myself. I hope everyone's had a good week and done some good stuff. Let's talk about some news. I don't normally try and mix the news in with uh, my gaming exploits or what I've been up to on the game side of things, but I've got kind of a preview and, like I said, the latest episode of my Nuzlocke. Well, we'll get to that. But first of all, I want to talk about uh, some bits and pieces that have been happening in the gaming news in Worlds and uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Yes, if you've seen, they've just recently released their latest um, patch, or no, expansion. It's not a patch, it's bigger than a patch. Endwalker. Endwalker, it was early access last Friday as of recording, and I think the official release is like this week on the 10th or something like that, just after Halo. Um, and it's not been a great sort of launch. I mean, who would have thought it? One of the most popular MMOs is going to have congestion. It's really funny to read or really funny to see. I haven't actually bothered to log in. I mean, um, on Friday, I was like greeted to a queue of over 2,000 people. Haven't logged in since, but that hasn't gone unnoticed. A lot of people on Reddit and Twitter are saying the same thing. They are in massive queues uh, for, uh, for to play this game. But outcomes, you know... Uh, Yoshi P, uh, director Yoshi P, uh, Yoshida. Yoshida. Uh, again, brain is not going to work. So I apologise. This podcast is going to be all over the place. Final Fantasy players will get free game time due to server congestion. That might make up for your delays. They hope. Anyone, this is from PC Gamer. Anyone with an active subscription who owns the full version of Final Fantasy fourteen Endwalker when launch rolls around on December seventh. Oh, it's tomorrow will get a free seven-day game time, says Square Enix. Game producer, director Yoshida posted an update today informing players of the compensation. Since the launch of uh, Endwalker's early access period on December 3rd, players have had a lot of trouble with high congested servers and long logging queues across the Final Fantasy XIV servers as a whole. The number of simultaneous logins has reached a hardware limit as a result of logging in and required an extremely long, uh, extremely long time, said Yoshida. For this, I am truly sorry. As compensation for extreme long queues um, and a clear anticipation of perhaps worse to come as the access pool broadens, Square Enix will be given the week of free time to anyone who has a full version of the game at launch. That includes players on a 30-day of free time uh, from purchasing the game and those with multiple accounts. They're not rolling out more, more either. Furthermore, we may give additional free game time depending on further developments on congestion situation. Yoshida post ends with a description of the common login areas that it might cause them, and you can find the full post of the following. 
They have also said that they can't even upgrade the servers. I think the chip shortage is uh, to blame for that. They just don't have the capacity or the capabilities to upgrade those servers. But it's really good to see they're coming out and admitting it and putting their hands up and saying, yeah, guys, we're, we're, we're screwed. Um, good luck getting logged in. Uh, apologies. But this is for you. Uh, here's a little a little token of appreciation. But I think it's gone down reasonably well. And I think in 2021, if you don't expect some kind of delay, in, especially in MMO, and remember that MMO landscape is completely different to what it was, say, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, it's it's completely different. It really is. It's it's completely different, and a lot of people really appreciate the transparency and the openness of of the director. Um, it is almost like I don't know the way the director kind of acts with the fans. It's like the fans owe him something because they stuck around through the the rebirth of Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, there's a great no clip documentary actually that shows the story of them rebuilding Final Fantasy fourteen while Final Fantasy the original was still in play. There's this real kind of um, sense of loyal, loyalty, I think is the best way to put it, between the fans and the director, the company. You know, and it is almost like this, they can't do no wrong. Uh, it's lovely to see, and it's lovely to see a fan base that really does support it. I mean, if this is World of Warcraft, they had a burnt blizzard down to the ground three times over. You look at the reaction, the backlash that New World received when Amazon Studios launched New World. And that's the thing. And you, that was early, you know, we had the early access on the 7th and then you've got it going live to everyone. Sorry, early access on the 3rd and it's going live to everyone on the 7th. I don't own Endwalker. Um, I've decided to start again. And I'll go into more detail about that in a later episode of why I've started again, a brand new character and all that kind of stuff. So I am months and months away from Endwalker. But the thing is, for me, as someone who's paying for a subscription, it almost makes me want to stop paying because I can't log in, you know, and I'm not going to, because I don't own Endwalker, I'm not going to receive the benefit of the free time. It doesn't bother me. I'm not one of these people who get head up because of I can't play or anything like that. Final Fantasy XIV isn't my main game or I don't really have a main game. I love the MMO genre and it's probably one of the best MMOs out there. I love Final Fantasy. I just think... Um, for me personally, it's a bit of a, well, if I can't log in, I may as well give it a couple of months and then resub. And maybe that's what they're concerned about. Are they going to drop a lot of, you know, fans? Maybe they've gained a lot of people coming over from World of Warcraft. We know that there's big streamers streaming Final Fantasy XIV now. Big content creators, influence, whatever you want to call them. You've got your people like Asmongold, Coke Carnage, to, to name a few, are now playing this game and putting it into the big spotlight. And I suppose on the director's part from Final Fantasy XIV as well, they need to be seen doing everything they can to be supportive to the community to keep that kind of good light in place, if that makes sense. That's my opinion. I might be completely wrong. And that's just genuinely my take on it. That's my TED Talk. So thanks for listening. Uh, but it's nice to see that you're, you, you know, we're going to get something or you'll get something if you own Endwalker, some free time. I, I don't think this is the end of it. We'll have to see how it goes. You know, uh, currently on Steam, it made the comment that it's, it's reached one of its high. I think uh, I read, I'm, I think I read concurrently it's one of the biggest 
on Steam. Currently has nearly 60,000 players playing from Steam. And remember, you can buy this in, you can play this on two different launchers, either Steam or through the Mog Station directly from Square Enix. So I dread to think how many people are playing. I dread to think of what their server capacity is. But it always does feel like when a new MMO rolls rounds, you know, it gets a lot of traction. You know, the servers can't, can't cope and we all seem to be having the same kind of conversations around mmos and server congestions i know the recent chip shortage has not helped square enix at all i genuinely know that but you know that's just how it is so we'll have to wait and see what happens and hopefully it will be sorted very very soon we haven't talked about activision blizzard for a minute Oh, wait a minute, we spoke about them last week, didn't we? Well, let's talk about them again, because the ongoing saga really does continue. And this one is all to do with the Game Awards. Yet, yeah, that upcoming show, I'm going to try and do a podcast on, hopefully before the launch of the Game Awards, of my predictions. I may even do it in a minute, and go through the Game Awards. I may do it in this show. But anyway, yeah, so Activision. Activision Blizzard will not be part of the Game Awards, Seth Jeff, says Jeff Keighley. Call of Duty is up for two awards, but beyond the company's games, beyond that, the company's games won't be involved. Annual Festival of Trailers and also some trophies, the Game Awards, is just days away, and host Jeff Keighley has announced that beyond its nominations, Activision Blizzard won't be involved. The Game Awards are at the time of celebration for the, in the industry, he wrote on Twitter, the biggest form of entertainment in the world. There is no place for abuse, harassment, or predatory practices in any company or any community. I also realise we have a big platform which we can accelerate and inspire change. We we are committed to that, but we all need to work together to build a better and more inclusive environment so everyone feels safe to build the world's best games. Since the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard alleging discrimination and sexual harassment, in the workplace back in July, allegations like uh, Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick telling an assistant he was going to have her killed, my God, have raised questions about whether it's appropriate to promote the company during the celebration of what is best about games. In an interview with the Washington Post before this statement, Keeley was asked about Activision Blizzard's involvement in the Game Awards and he said, we want the support employees and developers, he said, we have to think very carefully how we proceed here. While there are six major games scheduled for reveals, Keeley confirmed that neither Diablo 4 or Overwatch 2 would be shown at this year's awards. Traditionally, Blizzard saves big announcements for its own BlizzCon, but Activision has shown off its games during previous game awards, with last year showing off Call of Duty Warzone trailer for their season, for the upcoming season. The advisory board, who are not involved in the nominations or voting process, but instead guide and advance the mission of the Game Awards, includes Activision President Rob uh, Rob Kostich. Call of Duty is nominated for the best esports game and, Van- and Warzone for the best ongoing game this year. Um, the Game Awards are in person this year and they'll also be live streamed via more than 40 platforms. Be held on December 9th. As well as absences, Blizzard announced there won't be any NFT games, which I'm glad about, though you can't escape it at the minute. Um, I'm not surprised, though I am a little bit, and I'm going to kind of interject my own thoughts here. I genuinely think Keeley could do a lot of good, personally. I think they could really do a lot of good for this, in the right way, if it was done appropriately and in the correct manner. Hear me out and let me go with this for a second. For me, the Game Awards is one of the biggest platforms going. It's probably now bigger than E3. It's bigger than, you know, the TED Talks that I know I call them TED Talks, but it's bigger. It's 
bigger than most of those other you know shows that we see a lot happens at the game awards and as this article says there's even some trophies that get handed out for me this is one of the best places to show a stance yes okay saying that activision blizzard won't be at the game awards is fine and this is their kind of way of showing their stance but for me the Game Awards have already got involved into muddy political or muddy waters with, well, not muddy waters, but muddy issues. So let's take the Konami and Kojima incident a few years back, where Kojima wasn't even allowed to go to the Game Awards and pick up his own award, and we had all of that stuff. For me, if they're going to get involved in one thing, but, you know, and that's where my kind of line draws. I think personally, you don't have them involved, but he should be making a statement. And I hope he does. And, I, and this is obviously going out before the Game Awards goes live and all that good stuff. So I might be wrong. I might be sitting here come next week going, Jeff Keighley made an announcement and it was really good. Or, you know, I think they could have done more. What's happening at Blizzard or Activision Blizzard and what's been going on and while Bobby Kotick, and I stand by this, while Bobby Kotick is in charge, that company will never change. The company is and was one of the biggest and was meant to be the crowning jewel of gaming and is just being shown to be an absolute cesspool of toxic behavior and disgusting discrimination from threatening to kill assistance to one person committing suicide for me and the other things that I've forgotten that need mentioning sexual harassment the whole lot for me this is where Jeff Keighley probably could use his influence to make a real difference. Genuinely think changes need to be made and platforms like the Game Awards can make that. And yeah, I get it. Them not being part of the Game Awards is their way of saying, nah, sorry, you you messed up. You messed up big time. You're not part of this show. You ain't coming to this party. But I feel like you could do more. And I, I reiterate what I originally said. There may be something for the night. I just feel like you can't pick and choose which kind of issues you get involved in. If you want to take that kind of stance, the high ground, if you like, then take the high ground on all the important matters. Yes, Kojima, it was an important matter. Konami were awful and are awful. Activision Blizzard are worse. I'm not saying that there's probably anything, you know, it don't, doesn't mean that nothing like this has happened in other games companies, but Activision Blizzard on the grand scheme of things are worse. So we'll have to wait and see to the Game Awards and we'll have to go from there and see what happens. And I hope that, you know, Activision Blizzard and their big, their, their, their suits at the top get rid of Kotick. There's, there needs to be a structural change to that company because with him in charge, it is fundamentally going to be in a worse place and never change. You know, currently they are making EA, they are making Andrew Wilson, the loot box king, look amazing. You know, I, I didn't even think that was possible. But there you go. That's that's the issue that I have. You know, I applaud Keeley for, I hope, hopefully it was, Keeley's looked at it and just gone, yeah, you can't, you can't come in. Sorry. And I hope he does make some kind of, he does use his platform to, highlight the problems that are going on there i really do uh so we'll wait and see to the game awards
So let's talk about the game. I did a so. I did the so. Let's talk about the game awards, shall we? Let's talk about its nominees and go through each category and I'll kind of give you my opinion. 2021 nominees. Uh, so we've got game of the year, best game direction, best narrative, best art direction, best score and music, best audio design, best performance, guest, uh, games for impact, best ongoing, best indie, best mobile, best community, innovation, accessibility, best VR, AR, best action game and so on. So we're going to start from the bottom, I suppose, and I don't mean it in the way it sounds, but we're going to be starting with best esports event, because I have no affiliation with this. I'm actually going to skip past best esports event, best esports coach, esports team, esports athlete, esports game. Oh, I've got esports game. We've got Call of Duty, uh, CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, or Val Valiant, Val Valorant, Valorant. Um, the only one I've really played is Valorant, so that's the one that would get my vote. It's quite exciting to watch, actually. Uh, genuinely, is quite an exciting thing to watch. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. For me, it's one of the weirdest uh, categories that are going. But, you know, good luck to them all, and hopefully, you know, they, they deserve it if they're killing it on, the, on a big stage. Uh, most anticipated game makes me laugh. Let's be honest, like the most anticipated game is all about how well the company markets the markets the game. Markets? Mar markets that game. Like the game's not even out. But it's you're basically saying well done to the marketing team, which is cool, you know, the marketing team is doing their job and that's what they should be doing. That's what they paid all the uh, the Scrooge McDuck uh dollars to do. So I would be disappointed if uh, you know, you didn't get like some anticipation for next next year but even out of these i still am apprehensive we've been burnt uh too many times in the past by different companies and how they market strategy their game you got the five here you've got elden ring god of war ragnarok uh horizon forbidden west the sequel to legend of breath uh, zelda breath of the wild i love the fact that we don't even have an actual title for that game yet it's just the sequel to legend of zelda breath of the wild that's how absurd ob observed this category is and starfield so from bethesda am i what am i uh, excited for well i've just started playing horizon zero dawn on pc so that's cool elden ring i mean i love a souls game and uh, elden ring looks to be the next like next big thing and from the stuff i've heard it's sounding amazing uh, God of War Ragnarok. I haven't played the first one really, so I'm not overly fussed. No disrespect. And Starfield, it's Bethesda. I, I just, I'm, you know, is it Bethesda's return to, you know, uh, to the to the to the top? I don't know why I repeat myself, but I don't get this category. If I had to vote for something that's even going to be Elden Ring or, I suppose, Breath of the Wild too. Starfield, I'm excited for. It's going to be Skyrim in space. Hopefully, it's not done in the Skyrim engine, but there you go. Uh, so, that's my vote on that. Uh, before that, we've got um, Best Indie Debut Game, which is always good. Uh, the Artful Escape, Forgotten City, Kenya, The Bridge of Spirits, Sable, or Valheim. The only game I've played out of those is Valheim. And I think that should win all the categories that it's in, because that was an amazing it's an amazing gem on the, uh, on the game on the gaming industry uh content creator of the year here we got dream uh fuseli uh goyles ibia ai sorry and griff okay so uh, dream because he's the only one i know <laughs> sorry i feel really bad i feel terrible doing this best multiplayer back for blood knockout c it takes two monster hunter rise new world or valheim so there you go valheim's got another one there 
do we think that multiplayer should in, it should have co-op games or should multiplayer be like your shooters uh you know your pvp games and then co-op games uh, i don't know it feels uh feels like co-op and multiplayer could be two separate uh categories but there we go uh i'd give it even monster hunter rise or valheim again valheim should win everything again 20 pounds for that game or less than 20 pounds and it's some serious content new world was an absolute freaking disaster and i think it's still a disaster um even though i do own it uh monster hunter rise yeah it is it's fantastic one of the best monster hunter games i've played i like to say valheim and that's going to get better hopefully when it launches for pc we'll have crossplay. Uh, best I am quite biased I love a sim racer but the sim racing game that is the one that I play isn't here it's ridiculous F1 2021 FIFA 2022 Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels Unleashed and Rise Republic I think Forza Horizon 5 should get that uh, but where's Assessor Corsa Competizione it's one of the best sim racing games out there F1 2021 is okay I suppose uh, FIFA 2022, no. Hot Wheels Unleashed, I've heard, is really good. And Riders Republic, what I played of that was really solid. Uh, but Forza Horizon 5, any day of the week. Uh, best sim strategy, what we got? Okay, so uh, I think for me, again, you could split this. you got so many different simulation-style games. You could have Microsoft Flight Simulator, Assessor Corsa, Competizione, those kind of things in sim, if that's what you're going for. And then strategy can be its own thing. You know, Age of Empires, this, that, and the other. So you've got Age of Empires 4, Evil uh, Genius 2, World of Domina World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microflight Simulator. I played a bit of Flight Simulator on my old CPU, but uh, my old, yeah, when I had my old system, haven't played it on this one yet. Uh, Humankind was great, except from it had no crossplay with Stadia players. I haven't played Evil Genius, and I've played a bit of Age of Empires. So either Humankind or Age of Empires would be, I'd be happy to see that one with. Humankind is great. It is a good game, and it's on Game Pass. What 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 more is there not to like? Uh, best family. So the best family entertainment game. It takes two. Mario Party Superstars. New Pokemon Snap. Is that really a family game? Super Mario 3D World and Browsers. Browsers. It's Browsers Fury. You got to watch out. Edge is striking back. I think uh, Super Mario 3D World, Browsers Fury, or Mario Party Superstars are well well rightly to win that one. Um, I hear great things about It Takes Two. I really do. Uh, that rhymes. I'm a poet, I didn't know it. I'm sorry if I didn't cut that burp out. Best fighting game. I don't play any fighting games, so we'll skip. No disrespect. Best role-playing. What has got in role-playing? Cyberpunk 2077. Okay. Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. Scarlet Nexus. Shinbegega me SMT5 or Tales of Arise. I haven't played Tales of Arise, and I want to play that. I need to play through uh, Tales of Asperia, but I hear Tales of Arise is amazing. Scarlet Nexus is installed on my computer, and I'm ready to play it. I thought it was installed. I have to reinstall it. Monster Hunter Rise is quality. Cyberpunk now is not a bad game. It's not what it, it's not like the greatest thing to hit the gaming industry, but it's not a bad game. I now own it on Stadia and PC. And I'm so glad I got it on PC. Because the experience is so different. I want to do a whole new playthrough of it. I've got this urge to play it. Um, so yeah, Cyberpunk is a good game. And some of the, the writing and the direction, the art was fantastic. It just wasn't what CD Projekt Red 
told us it was going to be. I haven't played Scarlet Nexus. I hear great things. It's on my PC or will be on my PC to play. I'll probably do a playthrough for my channel, Desert Island Games. Again, Monster Hunter Rise, I've put a lot of hours into that. And Tale of Rise, again, haven't played Tales of Arise. So mine would be something like Monster Hunter Rise because that's the game that I've played. Um, it is really good. Genuinely, really, really good. And as I said, I hope we get cross-play when um, the PC version jumps and launches because that's really going to sort of make it happen. Best action and adventure, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, and Resident Evil Village. Well, for me, it'll be between Psychonauts 2 or Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread is one of my favourite games of this year. Genuinely, that game is absolutely solid. Uh, Psychonauts 2 is a lot of fun. I'm currently, I've got a, a file going. It's really close between those two, uh, but I'd have to give it to Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread, uh, I sat and just played. And loved every minute of it. I completed my first run in about 12 hours. Genuinely one of the best games of the year. So good. So good looking. Everything. Uh, and then we have best action game. So why have we got best action game and best action adventure? Okay. Uh, Back for Bloods. Chivalry 2. I don't think they deserve anything. I think there was a massive controversial with the Chivalry uh, developers. I can't remember what it was though. Deathloop. Far Cry 6 and Returnal. Or, uh, I've played Back for Blood and I've played Far Cry 6. I wouldn't pick any of them. Uh, I d yeah, I don't know. I'm stumped. If I had to pick one, if it was a gun to my head, I'd pick Back for Blood because Far Cry 6 is just the same as Far Cry 5. Or Far Cry 5 is better. Yeah, I hear good things about Deathloop, but I haven't played it. I can't sit here and say Deathloop deserves that award because of my friend down the road, down the corner, who's married to the milkman, says I should. But no, for me, uh, Back for Blood is probably going to be that one because it's the one I've played. Best VR, AR game. Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2. Lone Echo, Resident Evil 4, Sniper Elite VR. Yep, uh, not played any of them. So doesn't get any of my vote, sorry. Innovation, accessibility. Uh, I think... Uh, so, recognizing software or hardware that pushes the medium forward by adding features, technology, content, help the game, games be played by anyone and enjoy the wide audience. Forza Horizon 5, I think, should get that. The options availability in Forza Horizon is ridiculous. Honestly, genuinely uh, mad. So, yeah, give that one to Forza Horizon. Uh, they all have their own. They're all sponsored as well, which is hilarious. Best community support. Well, they're not all sponsored but yeah they've got it apex legends destiny 2 final fantasy 14 online fortnite or no man's sky again i think no man's sky won this last year give it a final fantasy 14 or destiny 2 i would i would be hard pushed to decide between those two i spent a lot of time with destiny this year and really enjoyed it uh i like what they're doing and i've got a bit coming up about fortnite shortly genuinely like what's what they've done for season three but final fantasy 14 or destiny 2 genuinely wants to you know best community support uh, I'm probably 14. Five Fantasy 14. There you go. So indecisive. Mobile games. No. Uh, Genshin Impact, I suppose. Right. Oh, League of Legends was on there. That was quite good. Best indie. Uh, I haven't played Loop Hero. I haven't played Kenya. Death Store is great. 12 minutes confused me. I didn't like it. So no. Give it to Death Store. Uh, job done. Uh, Best ongoing. So these games are ongoing. You've got Apex Legends, Final Fantasy XIV, Call of Duty, there we are. Genshin Impact or Fortnite, Final Fantasy XIV, straight up. There you go. So quick I'm going for it now. Games for Impact. Uh, Life is Strange, True Colors. Yeah. I Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
best performance. So you got uh, Erica Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange. Uh, Giancarlo Espatio as Antonio Costello. I thought his performance was really good. Jason Ke- uh, Kelly as Colton Vane in Deathloop. Uh, Maggie Robinson as Lady Demetrius. Uh, yeah, okay. And Ozimia. I can't pronounce that. Uh, I like. I really liked, even though I thought Far Cry 6 was very cut and paced, I thought his performance was amazing. So, yeah, go with that. Best audio design. Uh, the music in uh, Forza Horizon 5 is great. Uh, and that's the only one I've played. So there we go, out of Return or Resident Evil Village, Ratchet and Clank, and Deathloop. Forza Horizon. The great thing about Forza Horizon, the cars actually sound like a V12 engine sounds like a V12, or a V8 sounds like a V8, and so on. I honestly think that it's all, you know it's one of the best ones we've seen uh, in that sense. So that's always good. And you know, with a card game, uh, a card, not a card, a car game, I honestly think that's uh, one of the biggest things. If you can nail that different engine sounds, yeah, solid. Uh, best score at music, what we got here. The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk. I'm sorry if I sound disgusting on, on this. I really am. Apologies. Uh, Cyberpunk, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant. I haven't played Replicant. I haven't played Guardians. Cyberpunk, for me, it would only win it because I've played it. And the music is good. Like, the music is good. Best Art Direction. Psychonauts 2 is on this one. It's the only one I've played. The Artful Escape, Deathloop, Kenya, Bridge of Spirits. That game is beautiful. Like, I've seen videos of that game. It is stunning. So if I can vote on the back of that, then Kenya would probably win. But because I've played Psychonauts 2, I feel more comfortable about voting for a game that I've played. And Psychonauts looks really cool. I really think it looks a good game. Best narrative. Uh, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Psychonauts 2. Again, it's the only one I've played... And it really is, is, it's a very adult game and it tackles a lot of, uh, you know, sort of issues with the brains and things like that. I think that's a really cool sort of thing. And it doesn't treat you like a baby. A lot of platformers, they'll have you, they'll they'll have you do things or action games like Psychonauts 2. It falls in the same kind of category as Ratchet and Clank, Mario. When you put it in that sort of category, you would expect it to tackle the issues that Psychonauts does. And that's a really good game. So for me, the narrative in Psychonauts 2 of what I've experienced so far is is incredible. Best Game Direction. Awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in the Gaming Direction and Design. Well, again, I mean, these are all the same games I've already listed. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Ratchet & Clank, Psychonauts 2. So Psychonauts 2 would get my vote. A Game of the Year. So Game of the Year is Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metro Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, or Resident Evil Village. Uh, wow, that's a really difficult one because it would be between Metro Dread 2 or Metro Dread or Psychonauts. And I already said, Metro Dread is my Game of the Year, and it is. So there you go. It's not uh, between those two. Yeah, Metro Dread. Easy, easy Metro Dread uh, Game of the Year without a shadow of a doubt. So they're my predictions or they they're what i would vote for uh, i'd love to know what you're voting for or and if you're gonna watch it i'll probably catch it the next day because it's usually like stupidly late here in the uk and i'll do a full breakdown of everything that happens at the game awards over the weekend for desert island games i also wanted to talk about uh fortnite and i don't normally talk about this one there were some other bits and pieces i want to talk about regarding geforce now and stadia uh, but I haven't got the like the power in me, the mental capacity, uh, the power 
the throat or voice to carry out that. So just wanted to highlight, uh, you know, the, that Fortnite I'm going to have to dive into and give a full review because uh, chapter three caught me off guard. I remember sitting over the weekend watching a video and listening to my nine-year-old lad talk excitedly of how the island's been flipped and everything. Just wanted to highlight it. It's really cool that they're trying to reinvent that kind of game and make sure it stays as relevant as possible. I think they had like 20,000, 40,000 people watching. It doesn't sound a lot, but they had a lot of people just watching a character float in the middle of a sea. So, yeah, I'd like to know if anybody's played the new season. I like that's what they do. That Fortnite take their island at the end of the season. I remember when season two... Like when season one ended and they just blew the island out of out of nowhere and changed it completely, flipped on its head. And then you've got season three, they've done the same thing, got Spider-Man. There's quite a cool uh, sort of intro video into it as well, where the island is completely different. And it's really cool that that's what they do. And it feels like they are actually taking that money that people put into it and investing it back into the product. So hats off to them. Uh, Stadia, December Pro Games. Let's have a listen to this. Wreckfest is a pro game. So if you've got Stadia Pro, you can download that. Transformers Battlegrounds, uh, the complete edition. It's a pro game. Foreclosed and Destroy All Humans. That may make me want to pick up my sub for that, along with the Falconer Warrior edition. So there are your pro games. I think they go live. I expect they go live tomorrow or they're live now. Now we're just logging into my Stadia to have a look-see. Yep. Free of cost is uh, uh, Transformers Battlegrounds. Uh, I can't find the other ones. Uh, Wavetail. Let's have a look at all pro games. Yep, Wreckfest, Transformers Battlegrounds. I thought Destroy All Humans was as well, but it doesn't look like it is. But you get those two, so that's pretty good. I think they're on sale. So Wreckfest is a great game. I'd love to see how that plays on stadia that's that's ridiculous wreckfest is great especially with a wheel uh so yeah that's kind of the news i wanted to cover because my head hurts let's go on to my nuzlocke so if you listened to last week's episode and thanks to everyone who did you all know that i got up to i think or just passed the second gym or was up to the second gym i defeated the second gym and i was quite happy uh, for those who don't know, I'm playing, currently playing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond as a Nuzlocke, as my first experience playthrough. Uh, those who don't know, uh, a Nuzlocke has, you uh, nickname the Pokemon, you then, um, you have to release them or put them in a box if they die. If you white out, your run is over. So whiting out is if you, all your Pokemon are dying, you go back to the nearest Pokemon Center, which is your last heal. I'm using no healing items in battle. No uh, held, I- or held items are allowed. And Pokeballs, obviously, to catch those Pokemon. You can only catch one Pokemon on a route and so on. The game of a Nuzlocke is to make though that kind of game harder on what is, you know, quite an easy, or it can be quite an easy game. So... Where does it lead me? As I said, I defeated the Grass Gym, which was a bit of a struggle. It really was. I didn't realise how much of a struggle it was when when I looked at my my kind of... The way my team was, was or is, was was a bit of a kind of hint of what's to come. It was very water-based. Uh, and the other rule, I should say, or the other two rules is I can't go any higher than the gym leader's ace and I can't... Uh, you, I, I dupes clause is in play. So if I've already caught a Starly, I can 
roll another Starly on that route until I catch a unique encounter. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, so the gym for the second gym, the highest was uh, level 22, which means I had my Prinlup and Garados, uh, you know, two high-powered water Pokemon. I think I had a third. I keep saying it the past tense because I've had to delete the save file and we'll go into why in a second. Eternity City did provide me with some serious problems and I lost one of my Pokemon here and I wish I had noted it down. It was my uh, my Shinx or my Lux, uh, my Lux, uh, Lux, yeah, my Shinx died at this fight. So I lost one, gutted, and I was really annoyed because I was going to use my uh, Shinx uh, for the next round uh, when I go to the water gym. Essentially, what I'm getting at is my run is dead, okay? Uh, I, I can't remember exactly how it all went, but I lost, as I said, my, I did a really poor switch and uh, Meluxio died on switch. Roserade hit it with a grassy knot and it crit killed Luxio. Really, really annoyed. Uh, and then I managed to chip damage it away and, and, and beat it. So that was like the hardest bit. Uh, quite hard to suffer that. That really hurt. And then I kind of fought through. And the biggest problem was the Veilstone gym and Veilstone City gym and the Pastoria City gym. Those levels are literally bang on. The highest ranking Pokemon in both of those gyms are around 30. So it's kind of having to keep those Pokemon in that same area. And the biggest problem is what I was going to use for Pastoria, which was my Luxray, or my Shinx. I'm just going to call him Shinx. And he was dead. He was a thunder Pokemon, you know, a, you know, thunder Pokemon. And you know, I was going to go for the water gym because that, to me, was a bit of an easier fight. Um, so I thought Floatzel swept my team. His Floatzel, which has attacks Br Brine, Ice Fang, Bite, and Aqua Jet, and holds a Citrus Berry, right, with an adamant nature, wiped my team, floored it, completely, utterly destroyed everything. No, sorry, the first wiped like three of my pokemon i had no answer to the quagsire finally got rid of the quagsire and by that point it was done i genuinely lost everything at that fight that hurt so hard and i put the game down for a couple of days i've deleted my save and i have now started again and i'm going to try and do it as a video for the, sh the channel but essentially my run is dead <laughs> it's over 15 hours and uh the run is 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 gone which i'm really really gutted about um, yeah, so unfortunately for that kind of thing, it's uh, the long play, if you like, is done and dusted. Hopefully we can get a video done out, but I'm going to still do it as a podcast. I really enjoyed kind of what I was doing. And I think for me, because I was playing at kind of dumb times, I wasn't taking a bit too many notes. This time I am. Let me give you a little clue of where I am. So I've restarted. This time we've gone for Chimchar and we're kind of making our way through Route 202. I kind of speed running the intro bit, Jewel Life and all that to get the Pokertech, Pokerwatch and all those kind of things. I need to kind of get through those so I can get started again. Barry's knocked into me a couple of times, but I've gone for Chimchar this time to actually help me with the, the Roserate or the, the Eterna City Gym. But also I'm going to be using the, the Undergrounds more. Uh, so my rule with the Underground in the last playthrough was I wasn't going to use it but you actually find that you restrict yourself quite hard on certain Pokemon. Uh, but this time, I'm going to go into the undergrounds and I'm allowed to catch one one Pokemon from each biome that I go into. 
it doesn't have to be like the first Pokemon that I see. I could choose, you know, the underground is quite a free open area, but I could choose that Pokemon. So if I've already got, if two clauses involved, and I've already got a Pokemon that's there, I can pick the next one. But if it's a unique encounter, I have to pick like the first one that I kind of, I go for. But I can only pick one, uh, but I'm going to try and keep it as fair as possible. So first run dead after 15 hours, I managed to get two whole badges, died at the Pastoria City gym, uh, was taken out by Quagsire and a Floatzel. It's that level cap bit that you have to keep it because, you know, playing, you know, I'm not allowed to over level past the gym leader's ace. It's quite difficult because uh, in Veilstone City, you have a Metatite, Machoke, and a Lucario. And then you have Gyarados, Quagsire, and Floatzel. I didn't know that um, the Pastoria City gym had a uh quagsire i didn't know and it's also holding the item damp rock whatever that does um when this item is held by a pokemon the holder uses a move rain dance weather effects last eight turns as opposed to five so that increases uh rain dance or and i believe rain dance increases the power of water po water uh water affecting moves in some capacity yeah Basically, I got my ass handed to me, and it was quite embarrassing. So there you go. That's what's going on with my Pokemon run. I'd love to know if you're trying to do the same thing, but hopefully midweek you'll have an update into Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Nuzlocke Take 2. And I can hear some of you say to me, where is the actual long play? Where is Battle Chasers? Well, it's still there. Um, I haven't quite played a lot of it. I've got a lot of changes I want to do uh, in the sense of how I produce my content. I still want to do this kind of book club style, uh, a little bit less of the news. This one is the way it is today because of just time and the way I'm feeling. I want to just get something out. So I, you know, keep my at least one a week podcast show. But I really do want to sit down and do more of a book club style uh, podcast and give you the lowdown of the games I'm playing once I've completed them. That's how I want to do it. You know, uh, I want to, you know, each week basically update you on that game i'm playing this is where we are this is what i'm doing yada yada, yada. and at the end of it i want to review the whole thing so that's what we're going to try and work to and how i get there i don't know i've got some ideas on paper for videos but i need to get over this this head cold look thank you for everyone listening i really appreciate it i'm sorry if i sound really weird in this episode you've all been amazing as always um i will catch you on the next one uh, you can find me over at Twitter. You can find this show on Twitter at Desert Island Games. You can find us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify. Good Pods is a great place to listen to podcasts and interact with podcasting people like the people that listen to this. Thank you again, once again, to everyone. And I'll catch you all on the next one. Support us on Patreon. And we'll see you very, very soon. Bye for now.